guys, welcome to the film room. This is one that, you know, we're going to be covering. It's the big one, the uh, movie that's laying waste to all the records. It's not The Road Ship. No, sadly not. Though we're all still owed that one, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I saw it. I will get up uh, as soon as I'm as soon as I'm assembled. Here's what's going on with me right now. If the space I'm in sounds echoey, it's because I am in an empty apartment. Well, mostly empty. I just moved in last night. My own place. Woohoo! Yay, fanfare. Celebrate um, good time. Come on. <laughs> da -da -da -da. No, it's more like moving on up to the east side to that Deluxe apartment in the sky because that is literally my situation. I'm on the second floor and I moved to the east side of town. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I like it here. It's nice. What that means for you, dear listener, is if you have listened to past episodes and heard um, things in the background that could not be avoided, those will no longer be there. Ever. Yay. Disclaimer does not apply to my side, and come June, you're still going to be hearing a lot of stuff in the background. <laughs> it's all good. Yours is not as distracting. No, no. But, <laughs> yeah, so here we are, and, you know, what better way to do this than to cover a movie that it came out a couple weeks ago, but it's certainly dominating the conversation hard yeah. right now. Two weeks, two weeks out, and still, yes. This is the dream movie, if we're honest. This is the movie we all fantasized about seeing and never thought we'd get to. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, Disney, because we have dreamed of this movie since we were kids. And to a lesser extent, George Lucas, because he knew, you know, when he sold it, he knew that they would do exactly this. Yeah, this and was, he was okay with that. This was always the first thing planned. This is the movie that we never thought we'd get to see. I mean, this is the movie that, for all intents and purposes, Lucas had said he wasn't going to do it. Um, he'd said he was just okay with the six. Um, there wasn't any real interest. I mean, if we're honest, Lucas was kind of letting the property die when he was holding on to it. Um, he, he, had, was, yeah. he had the Clone Wars series, but that was just rehashing the same stuff we'd already been seeing. Uh, I've never seen it. I've heard it's pretty good. Um, the series, not the movie. Yeah, I addressed the movie on uh, my episode, uh, my mini-sode, which I hope y'all have taken the time to listen to. And now we, now here we are at this one. He's Lucas sold the property to Disney, and this is what we've gotten from it. Um, this is this one. It's been out long enough. We feel safe in saying that we are going to give mild spoilers. Um, if, yeah. you, if you want a level of the spoilers that we're going to give, we're going to give Kylo Ren's true identity, and we're going to discuss that. But that's something that you find out within the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, we're probably not going to go beyond, like... We're probably not going to go beyond the second act as yeah. far as spoilers so, go. So, so if, if you want to, you know, if you still haven't seen it, and there's a lot of people that do want to see it that still haven't gotten to see it. Um, if, oh, yeah. If you do want to see it, but you don't want to have any spoilers, let's go on ahead and just give people our opinion right now at the top of the cast so that they can turn it off and come back if they choose. I absolutely loved this movie beyond words. This movie is one of the best things of the year. This movie is amazing. 
It is. It's 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 a slice of wonderful. This movie, it's pure Star Wars. Just wonder percent. Uh, I was ten when I saw Star Wars. Unfortunately, I saw it on a smaller screen, but this is that feeling yeah. once again of seeing something great. This is that feeling of something big and something epic. So we've got that out of the way. Now we're going to delve into the further material. Uh, so, you know, you've been warned at this point. Uh, the characters are great. Yeah. The new characters. Yeah, I'm glad that you that we're starting off on that because that's the thing that really makes this movie amazing is this franchise could not survive if it was simply recycling the old. If it was simply giving us what we were familiar with and what we already knew, it would die. So no, let's get that off right off the bat. This movie is wonderful and it's wonderful in no small part because we get to meet so many amazing new characters. Yeah, a couple of the characters are related to um, <clears throat> the old characters. Yeah, there's we only get one of the new characters who's confirmed to be a direct relation, but it's strongly right. hinted with another. Um, as I said, we, 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 we warned that one of the things we are going to discuss is uh, the villain Kylo Ren's identity, which does indeed turn out to be that of uh, Ben Solo, the son of uh, Han and Leia. Um, by the way, it's really fun to look back at theories uh, once it's once the real thing has been revealed. Just thinking that Luke Skywalker was Kylo Ren is n just now seems really stupid. For the record, I was always putting my money on him being uh, the son of Leia and Han. That was something that I always kind of had my money on. Uh, Adam Driver has... He has a certain resemblance to Harrison Ford. Um, so I always kind of figured he was... I, I figured that was going to be his true identity, ultimately. And, indeed, it, it is. Uh, but yes, a number of the fan theories... The thing about it is, as many theories as this movie either answers or puts to rest, it le it opens up an infinitum of more theories. Yeah, it it expands the universe quite a bit. Yeah. And listen, if you're if you're still upset over uh, the fact that they nixed the the expanded universe, don't. don't. This is probably better. This is this is the the ideas of the expanded universe distilled is what it comes down to. Yeah. Cuz I'm going to say right now, I don't believe for a second Abrams didn't at least pay some attention to the expanded universe. Uh, there's there's too much that's been lifted from it to make me think he didn't at least read some of the books. Mm -hmm. But the best parts have been lifted. Um let's get that clear as we can. This movie doesn't feel like a Terminator Genesis you know, Terminator 3 style, well, someone's got the rights, and that's what they decided was the next answer, was the next step. This feels like the true Episode 7. This feels like what would really have come next. A note on the directing. I I love the J.J. Um, Abrams Star Wars. It's, or excuse me, Star Trek. I, I love the first one. Yeah. Yeah, the first one, yeah. Uh, it's fun. Uh, but you can tell just from watching that movie that what he really wanted to direct was Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Abrams comes off as a total fan who has, un who understands the first movie. That's the thing. It's not that he, it's not that he loves this stuff. It's that he understands it because 
at every second of this film, you don't feel like you're watching something that's trying to be Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars. It's it's just the pure, it's the real thing, pure and bottled. And I, I loved that. I'm A lot of this, I think, has to go to Lawrence Kasdan as the uh, co-writer. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Kasdan, the central voice on uh, Empire and Jedi, returned to script and man do you feel his voice running through this movie yeah it's yeah watched close to silverado this really felt like a very natural project for him yeah it did silverado was only two years after jedi too yeah and then about five after uh raiders yeah yeah or and that a little more or a little less but yeah but yeah exactly yeah it yeah the um one of the other things i loved is you know the the old characters are still there but they are stepped back from it they let the new characters play like they're just there um they're just there their support is what they are their support exactly but their support but the movie doesn't fool you into thinking that it's their story uh no no yeah they they step back and let the younger actors do their thing I'm not going to give away too much about Luke's role in it, uh, except that it's interesting. It's interesting, yeah. And uh, he's certainly going to be in the next film. Yeah. Obviously. Again, probably as a support role. Yeah. This movie really does belong to its central uh, uh, quartet of new characters. I think you pointed out at one point, yeah, we're not even introduced to the first to the first original character until, like... 30 40 minutes into the yeah movie. it's deep into the film when han solo and chewbacca show up and by the way it is a blast to have them back this is the most on harrison ford has been in years yeah i mean harrison ford comes back and just is completely han solo he doesn't he doesn't come off as well i guess i have to be here no he comes off as i'm back and i'm gonna make sure that you really know that this is han solo uh, yeah, and what's and what's fun about that is you know watching. <coughs> I did get a chance to watch uh, the first film uh, again after after having seen this, and yeah, he is it's the same character, but he's much older, much much wiser, much more mature. He's grizzled, grizzled. Yeah, the line that underlines that for me is when they're talking about the forest, and he and like compared to. The bit from the first movie where he says, clip the stuff about, you know, hokey, hokey religions are no match for a good blast director side. Compare that to this where he says, yeah, the force, it's true. All of it. Yeah. That scene gives you chills. That scene, it's good in the trailer, but man, does it work on the screen. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, it's something that occurred to me is Ford even has the cadences back in his voice of this part. Like, it's not just that he's dressed in the costume. He really and truly acts like Han Solo. He's not mm-hmm. just going through this for a role. I mean, you really believe this is, is the guy. And God, I love seeing this character again. Um, uh, I should note, we only briefly see C-3PO in R2-D2. That's kind of surprising. At one point in the movie, in like the very back of my mind, I had wondered whether they were even going to show up. They do, but it's very brief. It's very brief, and it's and it's hilarious because of uh, because you see what has what has happened to 
C-3PO. Yeah. And we don't get any explanation for that. Let's just be clear. No. Which is good. We don't need any. We just know. Ha <laughs> ha. It happened, it happened in all... In the other six films. Uh, it happened here, too. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, and R2-D2 is... He's down for the count until the last third of the film. Yeah. So... I mean, it's 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 okay, but it's okay that they're sort of in this form. I I I could deal with that. Um, Those droids are uh, at this point. I think it's what thirty years between yeah. films, as far as uh, the timeline they're between at, each trilogy. They're at least sixty. When you really stop and think about it, they're probably around ninety years old. Yeah, which is you know I know I know how long modern technology lasts these days. They are pretty obsolete. They are. You know, and of course they've got the new droid in to talk about, uh, BB-8, who is indeed adorable, who is indeed awesome. He's awesome. Well, it. We don't... He steals the show. The droid steals the show. The droid is awesome. But, okay, we talked enough about the old. I really do want to talk about the new. My god, this franchise belongs to its new characters. Um, Let's start off by addressing that in a year of really nice, strong heroines... Ray is one hell of a character to close out the year on, and um, she's the first one that we're introduced to. Well, we, we technically get introduced to Finn first, uh, but that's true, technically. Yeah, but, but, but not. She, she's the first one that we really get to spend any time with. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is true. She is an awesome character. I have to mention, you know, somebody pointed this out on Tumblr. Um, yeah, this Star Wars has women everywhere. Mm-hmm. Not, not just in major roles. You know, in a lot of just very much there in the background roles, and they're not all yeah. young women either. There's a lot of mixes of gender, uh, or a lot of mixes yeah. of age. Uh, mixes of age, mixes of race. Specifically, I'm I'm thinking of uh, the old lady who runs the cantina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about a thousand years old. Yeah, nicely strange character there. Um, yeah, but it's obvious that this franchise is going to rest on uh, Ray's shoulders. She's obviously going to be the protagonist going forward. That's made pretty clear by the last few moments of the film, which again, we're not going to spoil. But I just want to say right now, um, to Abrams and company for finding uh, Daisy Ridley, who plays the role, wow, that's a, that's a find right there. Cheers to you. Yeah, because she, she really is one hell of a... A find she's she's very good in the film she really she sells the film she she does a lot with small gestures to convey this character the other thing is uh they do not with this film discount the prequels no um, they don't yeah they yeah they treat it's very much canon she looks like she could be natalie portman's granddaughter she does and we don't we don't know she might yet be we don't she, yeah. we don't know we don't know anything <laughs> i mean her character yet. is very much shrouded in mystery but it's a very appealing mystery and yeah but yeah i you know um we differ on like you and i we differ on the prequels but i'm toward i'm more towards the negative side but i did appreciate that little touch yeah well there are there are scattered references throughout the film uh to the prequels uh there is a reference uh, at one point uh, to the clone army. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we the, the the prequels happened. Let's not all 
Yeah. You know, just because they're not referenced extensively. I mean, you don't reference events from 60 years ago constantly in your daily life, so... No, no. <laughs> not really. I mean, again, this really does feel like a clear version of of this universe at this point. Um, you've also got the uh, the characters of the, uh, the First Order, uh, which is the... Basically, they're the new version of the Empire. They're the new guys. They're the new guys rising up. They're fighting uh, the quote-unquote uh, the, the new resistance. the new Republic. The Resistance being the military, being uh, well. The way that I've seen it explained is the Resistance is basically the wing of the new Republic. That's like you know what you're not being aggressive enough. We're going to step things up. I see. Uh, that's and and they're led by General. Uh, they're led by General Organa. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. Which, which was, if that name sounds familiar, well, yeah, well, it, that's because it is. It's, it is. Again, the, the, there are awesome characters throughout this, and in the first order, you've got Finn, uh, the uh, stormtrooper, who uh, gets involved when he uh, helps save a Resistance pilot. Um, this has led to one of the big ships on the internet. <laughs> people, have, yeah, people have really gotten behind that ship, and I'm okay with that because I am too. Frankly, uh, there's no getting around it. Um, Boyega and Isaac have great chemistry. They do, yeah. Yes, I love... Uh, somebody said, uh, yeah, for all the people that complain about that, it's like, oh, yeah, they're not gay, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and then the... Uh, and then, I guess, in inter- in interviews, when they're interviewed together, they just, they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, they're totally, they're totally romance. Yeah, I... I... I, I I honestly would pull for them to, to go on ahead and go for it. I mean, I think it's really telling that uh, the fan base has been like, yeah, we we're down for this. We are we are all about this. But let's just step back to realize that the biggest film of the year features in its central roles a woman, a black guy, and a Latino. Yes. That's awesome. This is true. That's awesome. Um Yeah. And and the there are sparks of a like the the canon, like the in the actual in movie romance is between Finn and Ray. Uh, like it's nothing happens, but there are sparks. There are sparks. There are sparks. Um, there are sparks. I think that's probably because John Boyega just has chemistry with everybody that he meets in the film. I think so, yeah. And that's uh can we just mention that that's a probable interracial romance that is not called attention to the fact that it's interracial. Well, it's because it's... it's This is an intergalactic film. This is a movie that takes place mm-hmm. throughout a galaxy. They don't have time to care about that garbage. That's, exactly. They don't have time to be bothered. I mean, that's just it. Some people have, have noticed that things like race and... It doesn't matter in this universe! Exactly. And that's what I love about it! It's just, you know, it mirrors Star Trek in that way. It's like, it, um, um, the world is so much bigger that those those things are petty. And they are, and they, they really, mm-hmm. this movie... They are. This movie feels big. I mean, but again, I really do want to, I, I, again, I've praised Ridley. I really cannot praise Boyega enough. Uh, he is, he's awesome in this movie. He is so goofy and likable and at times childlike in the best way. Like, he's someone yeah. who's very much like, I cannot believe I'm getting to go on this adventure. My life is awesome. <laughs> yes. That's just that first moment that he says, uh, that she says, oh, are you with the Resistance? And then he, like, 
puffs his chest up and says, "Yes, I am with the resistance." Yeah, I, I, he he just he just sells this fun. God, I cannot stress this enough. This movie is so much fun. This movie is absurd, ridiculous amounts of fun. Yes. Which I, I again I cannot stress. I can't get away from this. This is the movie that I've dreamed of seeing since I was a kid. God, I love that. I, I love that. I love this movie this much. I really do. Yeah. I love that I am this in love with this film because it is wonderful. It is great. To, it is it deserves all the box office. It deserves everything. It's going to destroy Avatar probably within the next two weeks. Good. Uh, short of it slowing down, which isn't happening. Uh, I know a lot of people who don't usually go to the movies that are going to see this. Um, I know some people have seen it multiple times and you, and in the same day. Yeah, because ah, ah, this is just this movie is just so much fun. Um, yeah, I do want to point out Oscar Isaac's part in this movie is fairly limited compared to everybody else's, and there's a reason for that. Uh, initially, his character was supposed to die in the first act. Yeah, yeah, Poe po Dameron. Yeah, he did get a reprieve. Um, and I did enjoy that. I did like that um, Abrams changed his mind. Apparently he changed his mind fairly late in the process because Isaac had even already been offered the part um, with the proviso of, hey, you're, gonna, you're not going to survive past the first act. And Isaac was still going to take it. And then Abrams was like, nah, nah, forget it. I, I, I want you to stick around. Uh, yeah, we want you to be in uh, future movies. Which is cool. Which is cool. I am we totally... Do. We love you so damn much. Yeah. Um, I do want to pause to point out, I do recommend, if you can get the chance to read it, the recently released um, Before the Awakening uh, prose anthology. It's three short stories covering the three new characters. It's uh, by Greg Rucka. Uh, it's, it's supposedly for young adults. Don't read it as that. Read it as just a fun book. Right. That's a Star Wars uh, story. The... The prequel to the sequel trilogy. Yeah, it's good. It's really good, and it feels canon. Uh, it gives backstory to uh, a number of the characters. Um, Poe gets major fleshed out there, so. And that's available where? Uh, it's available on books in bookstores. If you have access to Hoopla via your library system, you can get it for free, which is how I read oh, it. Oh, sweet. Which is how I read it. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. One of the things I wanted to note about the the design of this of this movie uh, was uh, X-Wings something I loved X-Wings and TIE Fighters are still very much there mm -hmm. uh, and they are recognizable as such uh, but they are barely altered you can tell that they are like a slightly upgraded version of them well it's because that's how the technology would work in the real world in the real world of course in the real world once technology once like bomber planes get to a certain degree Degree, they don't change that much. Um, yeah, like look at look at laptops. the The basic design really hasn't changed too much. Yeah, since the uh, well, since the eighties, really. And that's that's how it is. I mean, really, even the droids. Uh, okay, BB-8 moves differently, but it's still recognizably a droid from the Star Wars universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it felt. Uh, the whole this whole film felt very organic. There's a lot of there's a lot of practical effects in this movie. Um, I don't want to be one of those people that's overly praising practical over CGI. 
because a lot of times it's not so much about practical versus CGI as much as it is strong integration. But this is a, right. this is a model for strong integration. This is a model it for is, what yes. well integrated practical effects should look like. It gives something for the actors to act against, and at the same time enhances that. There's only a couple of really hard, obvious, like, CGI stuff. Um, stuff that obviously can't be. Yeah, what's-her-name is one of them, the, uh, the the cantina owner. Yeah, well, I mean, seeing as how, um, in reality, I know what the actress looks like, that's very obvious. She's very obviously CGI. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna say she looks a slight bit better than that in real life. Just a, just a smidgen. Yep. Just a smidgen. <laughs> Which is an understatement. Uh, uh, she's uh, played by Lupita Nyong'o, the uh, Oscar-winning actress from Twelve Years a Slave. And by the way, some people have been complaining that she's cast in this in a CGI role. She's she's wonderful. She she it's a fun little role, and she actually does make the most of her time. I didn't feel like she was wasted at all. Uh, no, yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing her here. She's good. Uh, it, God. This, uh, there's so much here. The movie does have good villains. The, the movie does have very good villains. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Kylo Ren. Um, he is ultimately just such a great character because he is the sleazy, weaselly fanboy, ultimately. He is the equivalent of an emo poser. Mm -hmm. He wants to be Darth Vader. He... He talks to his mask constantly. And he's like... Yes, to Darth Vader's mask. And of course, um, it's not helping things that he knows that he's Darth Vader's grandson. Which, again, this is something we actually find out pretty early on in the movie. Like, we don't see him unmasked until about halfway through the movie. And it is kind of a surprise. Yeah. Because we're, ex we're expecting some, you know, scarred or... No, he's just ugly. He's just ugly. Yeah. I mean... Well, he's not even that. He's he's actually kind of a he's actually kind of pretty for a guy. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I personally found the guy homely. It doesn't matter because Adam Driver does a hell of a job in the part. He actually he's very good in the film. I'm not trying to insult the guy. He actually gives a hell of a performance, and uh, he tells you that he's he's very much. The movie kind of makes fun of him to a certain degree, honestly. That it, it views him as someone who, it's like, oh, you poor tormented thing. Yeah. Here's how much detail he put into the film. Uh, his lightsaber, the design of his lightsaber, you know, there was a lot of talk about that when the trailer first premiered, um, with the two little, the two little hilt thingies. And a lot of people said, oh yeah, that, well that's, that's a stylistic thing to mimic the design of a, um, of a sword. The answer is no. The practical reason for those is that the crystal that the that the lightsaber is made from is cracked, is put under so much stress that it has to have those two little vents um, to. It's it's not an even glow. It's not an even glowing blade at all. It, yeah, no, it is very rough and sparky, and like you compare it to Luke's lightsaber, and which is. Which does play a pretty vital role in the film. Yes, it does. Um, it you know, you you have a straight comparison to that, and it is solid. Yeah, because we 
we do we do get a good lightsaber battle. Um, we get a wonderful lightsaber battle at the end of the film, and we get a couple of them. We get a couple. We we get some good stuff. I mean, the the action in this movie is as great as it's ever been in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's it's very raw. It, it is. It's raw, but it but it's real. I mean, it's it, it's it's wonderful to watch, and this movie is exciting. This movie is thrilling. God, I know I'm really being effusive, and here's the thing: does this movie have problems? I'm sure it does. I just don't want to talk. I just don't want to talk about them. Yeah, like if if held under scrutiny, then yeah, I'm sure it's not a perfect movie. It has uh, it has a little bit of a softer middle than it should have. Let's face that. There are maybe a couple of scenes that don't need to exist. But you know what? I don't care. I just don't care. It's just so much damn fun. This movie is just such a delight as a fan to just sit there and... Like, I've heard people complaining it's too much like episode four. So, so? what? Isn't that a good thing? A New Hope is one of the best movies I've ever seen. A New Hope is one of my favorite movies, period. What's your point? Yeah, the movie does mimic that structure to a certain degree. There are certainly moments where you can see the structure re-emerging. But so what? It's a good structure. By the way, did you notice the subtle reference um, hidden in the name of the, um, basically what is the new Death Star? Starkiller, yes I did. Yes, Starkiller, yeah. But I like that. That's nice. I like that not only did they throw that reference in there, but they actually justified it in plot. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. That's literally what it is. It's a star killer, which is oh, so cool. Y'all, mm-hmm. this movie, this movie. Here's the thing. I don't feel like I'm going to have to convince many of you. By the time that this is hitting, most of y'all have seen this movie. I know. Most of y'all have seen it. But, man, this, this film just made me happy. This movie, this is, this is such a thrilling, fun movie. And that's, I think, the thing that makes me love this movie the most, is that it is fun. This is a vibrant, exciting, silly movie. It's frequently very silly. It's not as fanservice-y, I think, as people are giving it. I thought the Peanuts movie was infinitely more fanservice-heavy than this. Yeah, which was still good. Still great. Still great. No. Still great. Yeah, there are there are definite mo- moments that yes are are very fan service, but if you're just if you're just watching the movie and you have no idea what is like what the reference is, then it just passes by. It doesn't call attention to itself. It's a good part one, strangely enough. I, I've seen this point made by at least a couple of other people online that it's as good of a part one as it is a part seven. Um, yeah, it is actually because you really and truly all you need to know is that the is that is pretty much what you're going to know walking into the movie, the mythology of the first few films. Because that's just it. Star Wars is at its core our culture's mythology. It is, it is yeah. It is modern America's myth contribution to mythology. And uh, it's so much it's just now it's all wide open. For the first time, we don't know where everything is going. We're not dealing with the prequels, which are marching to a preordained destination. We don't know where things are going, but I can't wait to find out what does happen next. Um, right now, we have a question of, okay, 
theoretically, episode eight is supposed to come out in May of 2017. Uh, that's going to be the same month as Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I really expect one of those movies to move, and I expect it's probably going to be Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, both are the same studio, so. Oh, yeah, well, that's just it. Both are Disney. Uh, Disney is, of course, they're making money hand over fist on this thing. They deserve it. I mean, they, they deserve every bit of it. I do kind of wish Abrams was going to stick around, um, or maybe come back, maybe come back to uh, finish out the trilogy, uh, which, I don't know, that might yet happen. Um, I mean, I know they have Colin Trevorrow signed, and I just want to point out, I'm neither, I'm neither upset that he's hired, nor am I particularly excited that he's hired. Um, I thought Jurassic World was okay. I, I thought it was problematic as all hell, but I thought it was okay um let me put i don't know i mean trevorrow has i think he can handle strong female characters um he got a really strong performance out of aubrey plaza in uh safety not guaranteed he just why i don't know what happened with jurassic world because that really was pretty troublesome yeah i i think that's a screenwriter problem honestly that's a screenplay problem probably it really probably is which it feel, that's what it feels like and i don't think he's going to write this one yeah like that with that movie gain this some criticism for a minute for another movie we're talking about star wars but um for that movie it feels like the main female character was good but and you know it's a good performance so it was a good you know but ultimately what the message it's like oh yeah how dare she have a career you know, yeah how I dare she movies yeah that's that's the problem i think it's a screenplay problem i kind of love that star wars celebrates leia for uh being career-minded uh yeah absolutely it's it suggested that after she had some family issues because suffice it to say there have been some issues in her family um she she notes that she went back to doing what she did best which is which is running a war uh, Leia is never treated as anything other than the most gifted general out there. Um, I love that, and and I love that it's um, you know it's obvious it's obvious that her and Han had a bit of a separation, but you know when they when they get back together, you can still see the chemistry there. They're still the you know, you still... It's great, and it's great to see Fisher again in the, the in the on screen. It is, yeah. It's good to see her again. It really... It's just... I don't know. This movie... Yeah, it's maybe a good thing that we're not doing our best of the year list yet, because I don't know where this one's going to rank. It's a minimum of top five for me, but... This one... Let me say this. This one's going to want... This one is going to overtake Avatar in the uh, box office rankings. Uh, Probably going to overtake it by a good margin. Yeah, I think a Star Wars film belongs at that slot, to be honest. I think so, too. I think so, too. And I think... Um, I, I think this one deserves it. I think this one's going to deserve that position. This one's something special. This is... This is an event film. And this is... But, a, but more than anything else, this is a good event film. That's the thing that I love the most about it. This is a really and truly great event film. This is a movie that feels special that feels like something unique and amazing and again i 
I, I can't say enough good about the characters. I can't say enough good about the writing. I, and I love that that's what really is the strength of this film. It's not the special effects, although it is gorgeous. It really is the human aspect that makes me love this film. Next year, next year we get the first of the spin-off movies, um, which I'm, I'm expecting to have some ties back to this one, actually. Yeah, the, the Han Solo solo film. <laughs> uh, that one's coming in a few years. That'll be from uh, Lord and Miller with uh, Lawrence Kasdan co-writing. That's going to be great. And then, of course, we've got the, the next episodes, and I'm ready. Uh, next year, it's Rogue One, which details how the Rebels uh, got the uh, plans to the Death Star. Nice. Uh, that's gonna be from Gareth Edwards, who did Godzilla. So, so you know he's gonna, you know it's gonna look great. Um, Edwards knows how to do it. We're essentially getting a Star Wars film every year for this. That's the plan. The plan right now is that Disney wants to do a Star Wars film every year. Okay, I mean, all right. Needless to say, given the box office, Disney is not looking at at scaling back their plans for this uh, material. There is an audience. But it's the fact that the audience is going back. That's just it. If this movie had opened big and then immediately had a fall off, it would have been one thing. But the audience is going back and back and back. I was talking to a friend this morning, and her first thing was message was, is it strange that all I want to do is watch Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, and not at all. No, it's not. No, it's not. Ugh, this one's, this one's, this one's a gem, y'all. But yeah, it's great. I let's just let's let's go onward. Let's go onward and upward on this one. So that, that's my thoughts on the film. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty long mini so <laughs> It I was, think, but well, I think we gave it a good run. Yep. <laughs> you so. know where to find us. Oh yeah, you do. And uh, we'll see you next time. May the force be with you. May the force be with y'all. <laughs>